Hello to all my fellow 101 History Podcast listeners out there. It's great to be back on the air, but then again, I always say that. Why? Well, for one, I enjoy doing what I do, even though this is a hobby, but still, it's a relevant thing to do. How so? Well, for one, I enjoy history, and two, I enjoy learning what I didn't know before about historical about historical topics that um, fascinate me, and two, I enjoy sharing it with people who, sh- who have the same passion as I do for history. Well, it wasn't that long ago that um, I was on the air with you all, and we were just talking about the Erie Canal. Uh, that was a great 14-episode um, um, documentary uh, from Peter L. Bernstein's uh, The Wedding of the Waters, The Erie Canal, and the Making of a Great Nation. But it's now um, on to um, another um, unique uh, subject, one that involves one of our uh, forefathers. Now, of course, when um, we think of our forefathers, we often think of Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington. While all of that is great, I must admit that there are other forefathers, forefather figures, rather, who played a vital role. But sometimes some of those forefathers often get overlooked. Well, in our next podcast session, or let alone podcast series, we're going to discuss about a forefather figure who hailed from Virginia. He didn't become president of the United States, but he probably did have qualities that could have been the equivalent to being a president. His name is George Wythe. Now, I'm sure many of you know who George Wythe is. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who probably don't know a whole lot about George Wythe. If that's the case, then this podcast series will help those of you who don't know much about George Wythe in the end come to gain a better appreciation for who he was. So, this next book discussion we're going to be learning uh, not just about George Wythe, but the book is titled, I Am Murdered. George Wythe, Thomas Jefferson, and the Killing That Shocked a New Nation by Bruce Chadwick. Now, I'm sure some of you are wondering, this is a very um, catchy title. Who died? Well, that's what we're going to find out. So let me let me ask you this question here. Was life in the 18th century as glamorous as we would like for it to 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 have been? In other words, you know, we see pictures of um people, you know, converging in a coffee house, most notably men. We we read about stories about men gathering at taverns to discuss political affairs. Also to discuss, you know, daily, um, you know, topics. Well, it is, you know, we'd like to believe on one hand that life was simple, but life wasn't. Just like it is in today's time. You know, life isn't easy, but of course, um, in the 18th century, you didn't have the same level of accessibility like there is today. And perhaps I say that because not everyone in the 18th century, regardless of their class status, was entitled to the same level of accessibility, depending on what, you know, the commodities or let alone 
what defines accessibility. So, in this book, I Am Murdered, George Wythe, Thomas Jefferson, and the Killing That Shocked a New Nation, we're going to um, be not only in the 18th century, but we're going to travel into the early uh, 19th century. So, I guess I should lead off with this question. What comes to our minds when hearing George Wythe's name get mentioned? I know what comes to my mind. I can tell you the following. For starters, George Wythe was a signer to the Declaration of Independence. He was also a, a delegate from the state of Virginia to the 1787 Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. But one of the most unique um, things that come to my mind when George Wythe's name gets mentioned, and most people probably don't know this, but I would hope that those of you who are in the law profession would know this. George Wythe became America's first professor of law. And in this book, we will learn more about his role as a law professor. All right, well, if he's from Virginia, what um, are there multiple colleges in Virginia? At During the time that he was alive, um, there weren't. But on the other hand, there was only one college, and it just so happens to be William and Mary. And William and Mary is still a great school today, but in George Wythe's day, there was only one college. And what do you know? That college, being William and Mary, was in the capital of Virginia at that time, being Williamsburg. So, um, you know, I mentioned Thomas Jefferson's name. And I'm sure some of you are wondering now, how does Thomas Jefferson, how is he connected to um, George Wythe? All right. My next question is this. Why is Thomas Jefferson's presence in George Wythe's life a significant factor? I'll give you a 101 answer here, and more will come later as as we get into the heart of um, of uh, discussions uh, based off of this book, but uh, a good 101 answer I can give you right now is this. Thomas Jefferson attended William and Mary. Matter of fact, he arrived to William and Mary at the age of 17 in 1760. Of course, in Jefferson's day, there was no such thing as SAT uh, tests, but that's not to say that he probably took some other kind of uh, testing, such as a... Um, such as a, a, a test for uh, writing or and probably a, a, some form of arithmetic test. But the bottom line is I'm, whatever tests he took were like the equivalent of a modern-day SAT. But he does arrive to Williamsburg at the age of 17, and it's at, at William & Mary that he um, decides to study law. And whom else would you study law under? if you're going to become a lawyer in Virginia. Well, you could study law with other, um, what do you call it, instructors, or uh, what we might think of as tutors. But if you attend William & Mary, and you want to become a lawyer, you've got the right person to, um, to have as your mentor, and that's none other than Mr. George Wythe. And I will share more about this as we uh, progress into the book, but uh, Thomas Jefferson, 
it's not not only so much that he studies under George with, but he, but he become but he um, regards George with as a father-like figure to him. And I can see how um, significant that is because um, Thomas Jefferson was only 14 years old when his father died. And so, um, not just so much coming to William & Mary to get a college education, but to be able to be surrounded by um, older men who could serve as father-like figures to him was very uh, crucial. And how fortunate that George Wythe could fill a void in his in his life. Now, uh, how many capitals have there been in Virginia? Three. Of course, Richmond uh, is the current capital, and it will remain that way. Uh, but there have been three capitals in Virginia. Well, when the English first settled in what is now Jamestown, Virginia, in 1607, the capital was Jamestown, and it remained that way from 1607 to 1699. That same year of 1699, the capital moved a little west of Jamestown. to, At the time, before it became Williamsburg, it was known as Middle Plantation. How come Middle Plantation? Well, I can tell you this much. Um, in 16, Between 1676 and 1677, there was a rebellion known as Bacon's Rebellion, led by Nathaniel Bacon. And Bacon, um, Mr. Bacon himself, um, gathered um, an assembly of men from the western frontiers and from the uh, confines of uh, what we would now call uh, Greater Central Virginia and uh, Tidewater to basically challenge um, the governor, being uh, Governor Berkeley, and the uproar itself um, almost, um, what do you call it, it almost um, dissolved the state of Virginia. It was that bad of a uprising to where security had to be um, refortified. It had to be basically modified uh, to where um, a further uprising could be prevented. So they chose a site known as Middle Plantation, that would uh, keep out uh, intruders as well as um, outsiders who could conspire with people from within uh, the English system, being uh, most notably the Indians. So, by moving to Williamsburg, the uh, legislature felt it would it was a, a much more suitable um, location, given that given more so that it would be halfway between Jamestown and uh, what we now know as Richmond. So from 1699 to 1780, Williamsburg was the capital of Virginia, and from 1780 to the present day is Richmond. So Williamsburg and Richmond will be greatly discussed in this book. Well, uh, what else do you think we can all expect to learn about George Wythe. Well, I can tell you this much right here. There, there will be a lot of things that I can, I can promise you this much right now. There are many things that we will expect to learn about George Wythe, but I will name a few here for you. His high levels of compassion towards people less fortunate, ranging from slaves to those whom are labeled destitute and poor, 
to advocating a coeducational public schooling system to supporting the abolishment of church and state. Well, haven't we heard that before? Um, throughout many of times in history, uh, separation from church and state, most notably in um, America, leading up to the American Revolution. Well, remember, folks, in Virginia, there is one church, one church that reigns in Virginia. That is the Anglican Church of Virginia, or what we let alone would refer to as the Church of England, the equivalent of the modern-day Episcopal Church. And in order to, um, how do I say it? Those who are wealthy, who own immense amounts of land in Virginia, being the wealthy aristocratic gentry landowning sector, those people, their loyalties are not just so much to England, but to that of the Anglican Church. I think it's fair to say that um, anybody who was a well-to-do aristocratic landowner would not have um, been um, involved in another religious sect. If they were, they were uh, frowned upon probably for doing that, and in some instances maybe disowned by their families. You know, separation of church and state is a very um, touchy matter. And yes, I can tell you this much right now. George Wythe at one time was a member of the Anglican Church. And he wasn't the only one of our forefathers who were. Thomas Jefferson's family, uh, being that his mother was a Randolph, they were a part of the established Anglican Church. But it is fair to say that when Thomas Jefferson comes to William and Mary, right after he uh, begins his uh, education at William and Mary, that his um, relations or that his uh, views upon church and state will greatly change forever. After all, Jefferson, w one of the things that Jefferson chose to be remembered for when he passed away was being the founding uh, father uh, behind the Virginia Statutes of Religious Freedom. Well, George Wythe, um, over time, as he gets to know Thomas Jefferson, shares Jefferson's um, views on church and state, and they both agree, basically, that um, that the church should not be involved in governmental affairs, and that the government itself should not be involved in telling the church how to go about running its day-to-day -day business operations. So, in other words, the, the government can't tell the church how to teach shouldn't be telling the church how to teach uh, biblical lessons or studies to congregations. And the church alone should not tell the government what it can and cannot do in terms of passing legislation that should or shouldn't uh, benefit people. It, the government itself should not tell, the, the, the church rather, should not be telling the government how to um, go about conducting its fairs so that... Um, the people's well-being isn't uh, hindered with. We will also learn how Wythe himself was impacted by the capital relocation from Williamsburg to Richmond, as well as his ability to mentor law students, many of whom who made it um, big time, most notably like Thomas Jefferson. And I can tell you this much, yes, that uh, George Wythe did mentor um, many other um, unique um, men who went on to have uh, prestigious roles, not only 
within the state of Virginia, but in some instances with the federal government. And I'll tell you, um, I'll share you a few of those uh, men's names when we get um, established with this uh, study. If I tell you all too much of everything, then you're going to begin to wonder, is there even worth anything uh, to share about further on with more episodes? Now, for everything George Wythe had achieved, were there people who opposed his views regarding uh, slave emancipation? Yes. But that will be, um, that's another thing that will be discussed uh, further on um, from uh, future podcast sessions down the road. And this is a good example, though, right here of where, you know, you believe in something or you want to see something modified in terms of, um, uh, what do you call it, not just gradual reform, but um, reforms that are um, radical, you know, that, in other words, they've never been uh, introduced before. You can be, you can feel very strong about them, but yet you're going to have some people in the opposite corner who are going to do everything they can in their own power to um, either uh, slow down the process or, or halt it altogether. Now, did George with Mary? Yes, he he did marry. Um, he married twice. He didn't have any children. Um, However, he had many nieces and nephews, one in particular whom he adored and showered gifts upon. And that, um, actually this fellow um, was not a, a nephew, although this fellow, being George With Sweeney, would become a great-grand-nephew. So hey, you can adore your nieces and nephews, but you can certainly adore your great-grand-nephews and nieces, just like Mr. Wythe did. He did outlive both of his wives, but I will discuss more about that later on. Now, given Mr. Wythe's prominent role behind advocating separation from England, as well as being a pillar to his community, being Williamsburg, will we learn just how different the new capital, Richmond, becomes, especially in the early 19th century? Yes. I think many of you, those of you who are who've been listening to my podcasts, regardless of what I've discussed, whether you live in Richmond or outside of the present-day capital or um, somewhere in the opposite direction of Richmond, Many of you all will be very, very surprised, and in some instances shocked to know just how, just how um, unpredictable uh, the capital was in its early uh, years of existence. Well, what do I mean by unpredictable? Well, unpredictable is another word for uns uh, for improper balance, unsteady, unexpected. I could tell you this much. Um, the Richmond that I know, well, the Richmond from the 19th century might as well have been the equivalent of the American West in terms of being a, um, in terms of being like a cowboy uh, style environment. It was rowdy, and people came and went left and right, but it was a, a city that um, 
that was um, very wild for a variety of reasons that I will get into uh, later on in, in upcoming podcasts. Did Mr. Wythe live long enough to see one of his former law students become president? President of what? President of the United States. Who do you think, who do you think became president of the United States that Mr. Wythe uh, mentored? Thomas Jefferson. And how old uh, did Mr. Wythe live to be? Well, he was born in 1726 being six years before George Washington was born, nine years before John Adams was born. <laughs> ben Franklin, the oldest of our forefathers, was 20 years old in 1726 when Mr. Wythe was born. That means Benjamin Franklin himself was born in 1706. So if Mr. Wythe was born in 1726, how old did he live to be? He was 80 years old. He died in 1806. Very few people in his time lived to be 80. And even if one lived to be 50 or over 50, they still lived a long life. Even making it to the age of 60 was probably an accomplishment onto oneself. But to have lived to have been 80 was very remarkable. True or false? Did George Wythe die from natural causes? In other words, did he pass away peacefully? False. His death was a direct result from having been poisoned. I think that should um, indicate something with the title of this book, I Am Murdered. I'll point, I'm going to share this with you all because I think this will help all of you get a, a good understanding of how we're going to um, progress forward with this book. As we all know, books have introductions. They also have um, an epilogue, which is a, um, an ending. And yes, while books have chapters, big and small numbers of chapters, books are also divided into parts. And each part has its own set of uh, chapters. So this book by Bruce Chadwick is divided into three parts. Part one, the murder. Part two, the investigation. Part three, the trial. I tell you all this now, so this way you, so this way all of you, my listeners, will have a better understanding of how we move forward from start to finish. I will tell you this much right now, part, while the part one title is The Murder, I'm, I should mention now that part one will focus on a variety of aspects or topics ranging from the following, George Wythe's funeral, to the first part of the death investigation, to how Mr. Wythe and Thomas Jefferson, as a team, uh, went about reforming Virginia during the midst of fighting a war against, against England for independence, but how the two of them also got to know one another when Jefferson became a student at William & Mary studying um, under George Wythe. So, by telling you all a little bit now about what we're going to be doing in Part 1, you all will get a good understanding that 
there's more to it than just the murder. Well, here's a, a, my conclusion for this introduction. I want us to uh, really uh, pay careful attention. We've got some questions to, th to, um, to uh, ask and answer. Why should we learn about George Wythe? But most importantly, why he died and how it matters to us in the present. Okay. As I said earlier, I have no doubts that there are many people, whether they are listeners of mine or people in general, who know about George Wythe. But at the same time, I have no doubts there are many who have still heard of him, but really don't know a whole lot of information on him. Well... For those of you who don't know a whole lot, now is your chance. Not just for today's podcast session, but for all the other sessions that um, will be um, that we will be discussing this uh, topic on. And the more we, you all learn about George with, the better the understanding you all will get in realizing that he is a prominent figure. He played a prominent role, not just in Virginia, but in shaping our country, especially being America's first law professor. So, again, why should we learn about George Wath, about George Wythe? Well, for one, well, I'll just say this. My answers are this. Mr. Wythe was an ardent patriot whom valued life and liberty, but also served as a product to the Age of Enlightenment, where men were given broader means to challenge, reason, and shape their own life's course without dependencies of higher subjects. Well, the Age of Enlightenment um, gives man all kinds of um, extensive uh, resources, tools, to, um, you know, come up with his own theories behind why uh, something evolved the way it did. You know, George Wythe is more than just a law professor. And I, how do I know this? Well, when my wife and I have gone to Williamsburg, we visit the uh, George Wythe house, which is just before you get onto Duke of Gloucester Street. As a matter of fact, it's on the far right-hand side when you, after you... Um, leave the governor's palace, for those of you who've been to Colonial Williamsburg, the George Wythe house is still the same house that's been intact um, ever since the time that Mr. Wythe himself lived there. But, as I said a second ago, he was more than just a law professor. He was a uh, natural philosopher. He loved uh, studying about, um, I guess we might say, like studying about biology. He wanted to know what was uh, what creatures were had either lived in Virginia at one time from millions of years past but also what creatures were living in Virginia that that uh, whose uh, habitats would have been beyond the fall line he wanted to know uh, you know he was he also has a microscope um, in his uh, home so when he was teaching uh, courses besides law he was um, he wanted he he wanted to challenge his students to do more than just read out of a law book. 
he basically was challenging them left and right to become so well educated that that at day's end or when their time at William and Mary ended where these young men graduated they would be so well knowledgeable in so many subjects that no matter what direction life took them they had something they could offer to others who might not have known who might not have been familiar with the subject whereas these individuals did but we must also remember too that not everybody could go to college in the time that George Wythe was alive as well as that of Thomas Jefferson so whatever uh, subjects Mr. Wythe himself was teaching to his fellow students those subjects were only confined to those who had the money and resources not only to go to college but be able to learn those subjects but as time goes along or as time will move uh, forward in the years leading up to um, and especially in the years just before the American Revolutionary War breaks out and afterwards with will with himself will advocate for greater education reform to where everyone regardless of class status will will um, hopefully benefit from um, from life's virtues which includes um, a good quality education and education had, for George Wythe is a very important um, it's very important to him and I will tell you more in um, in an upcoming podcast why it is it's not so much learning the information but education for him was simply something he just didn't take for granted and it's not something that we should even take for granted in today's time but we also should keep in mind that in the 18th century not everyone had access to education and the size of your book the size of the books that you could attain that often indicated whether or not you were rich or in some instances poor so very few people had access to large books in some instances meaning 300 pages most people if they had access to a book it would have been the equivalent of what we might call a pocket book but if you had books that were 200 pages or more that was definitely a sign of your status in society being high end up so um, we, we should also ask ourselves this okay we've already answered why should we learn about George Wythe but most importantly why he died and how it matters to us in the present well here we go while Mr. Wythe uh, lived in unique but yet challenging times he was never afraid to take on sensitive issues what do you think of in the 18th century in terms of a sens sensitive issue? It wasn't just confined to the 18th century. It, it went on into the 19th century as well. In the 18th century, when I think of a sensitive issue, I one of those issues is uh, slavery. Slavery had been ingrained into Virginia's economy before Mr. Wythe was born, and it would remain ingrained in Virginia's economy towards the end of his life and after he had passed on. Now, I will share more of this in, in another podcast down the road, or session, but I will point out that, yes, George Wythe himself was a slave owner. However, however, 
towards the end of his life, or just before he passed away, he had um, he began to um, see slavery as an evil institution. And he and as I said earlier, yes, he did own slaves, but there were two slaves whom were already freed that Mr. With himself freed who were living with him in Richmond. And I should point out that George With spent the last 15 years of his life living in Richmond. And before he um, passed away, Mr. With had gone as far as making inheritance arrangements for these two um, particular slaves, being Lydia Broadnax and Michael Brown. The inheritance arrangements pertain to... Um, how do I say this? As I said, Mr. With had gone as far as making inheritance arrangements for Michael Brown and Lydia Broadnax. These arrangements would have gone into effect or into immediate place should an extended, should an extended family relative die before the two of them did. This extended family relative was obviously on his side. This act or act of intent never got fulfilled because with himself was poisoned and would succumb to death along with one along with one of the other two slaves in 1806. Both of these uh, slaves or both of these freed slaves rather I should say, freed African American people, both were poisoned, but one of them sadly died, along with Mr. With. George With's unexpected death came during a time when Virginia's uh, legal codes for white and African American peoples were not on the same page, and it would continue to remain that way for a much long for a much longer period of time, even after Mr. With tragically passes away. However, he believed in equal opportunities for all men and women, regardless of race, and was willing to sacrifice amongst those who didn't have a voice in their government. Well, if you are considered to be destitute and poor, and if you are a slave, then people in, the, in that category or in that particular uh, cluster of Virginia society unfortunately do not have a voice in their government. Today we uh, live in a world that's very fragile but also unstate but it's also an unstable world which includes it's an unstable world for a variety of reasons regardless of where we live in the world, but it's very unstable. I hate to say it, but that is the reality. Do I hope things will get better? Sure. But I do believe it's fair to say that it would have to take all of us to make the world a better place if we really want to be able to um, return to some form of uh, normalcy where everyone um, you know, can be respectful of one another and where everyone... Um, is willing to put aside differences 
to work for the common good. But in today's unstable world, there are ethnic disparities where not all of society has received proper treatment. The disparities taking place now have been coming for some time, and George Wythe himself was no stranger to conflicts similar in his time, especially conflicts involving um, racial and ethnic disparities, but probably more so racial disparities in the time that he, in which he lived in. But yet his death must remind us of what can be taken away, even when we as individuals are revered by so many. So, I'm sure many of you all are now wondering and scratching your heads, just, you know, thinking to yourselves right now. Okay, if George Wythe was so revered by many, then who in their right mind would want him dead? Well, let's fasten our seatbelts and allow the time machine to lead us into the 18th and early 19th century, or let alone 19th century life, where we will discover medicine from 19th century, forensic science of, the day and, of that day and time, legal issues, and a host of other twists and turns as to whom was responsible for murdering an ardent American patriot revered by the masses, but yet died so tragically. Well, folks, I hope that this introduction has served as a solid 101 uh, playing field for what we're going to be um, getting ourselves into. And as I said earlier, when we, yes, when we think of our forefathers, we tend to think of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin. And while all of those men, for example, that I mentioned were uh, prominent forefathers, we must also remember, too, that there were plenty of other forefathers who either played secondary roles or who played mid-level roles, but regardless of the role they played, their names should not be forgotten. And George Wythe is a very, very prominent example of a high-profiled Virginian who loved life, valued liberty, and was all about achieving the pursuit of happiness that he wanted to expand what he learned in his lifetime by passing it down to others, not just from within his group or clientele, but people below. He basically wanted everyone to have the opportunity to live some type of American dream. George Wythe did lay a foundation for what he wanted to be achieved in his time, but he never got to see it. I should point out, too, that many of our forefathers struggled with issues like slavery. And George Wythe was no stranger to the issue, but yet George Wythe was also not afraid to take a stand on it. So, again, let's fasten our seatbelts and let's um, be prepared for a new adventure. A new adventure that will... Um, that will make us ask uh, questions that we had never uh, thought about asking before. Why racial codes were the way they were. And why those of one race who were knowledgeable on something 
as in the same manner as a different race nearby, why were disparities still in existence? So, I look forward to being back on the air again here soon, and take care and uh, stay safe, and if I'm not back on the air um, before uh, weekend's end, I hope all of you will have a good upcoming weekend, but I will certainly do my part to uh, get back with you all during the weekend for another podcast session. But in the meantime, uh, let's uh, look forward to I Am Murdered, George Wythe, Thomas Jefferson, and the killing that shocked a new nation. But I think we should also um, look forward to uh, learning all there is to know about George Wythe, because this man is somebody who simply just cannot be forgotten. He is a giant. He is a giant in his own way, but he is a giant for all, for all the right reasons. So, I leave you in saying uh, thank you for listening, and uh, have a good evening.